You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Sunday's awesome, so thank you for that team. And shout out for Rosie, what a story that God filled the chairs and he filled the last chair last week. Beautiful story of what God has done in our house and in our family. You should ask her at the end of the service. And um, let's, let's keep sharing stories, right? Let's keep telling the stories of what God has done. Because I think in English culture, British culture rather, it's not just an English thing, is where we're at default to look at the, the negatives, the stuff we can focus to work on and, and all of that, that we glance over the stories, the positivity, the breakthrough, the what God's done. So let's be a church that celebrates and shouts the stories of what God is doing in our world, right? Come on, let's be countercultural because it, it's who we're called to be, isn't it? All right, well, we're kicking off our own vision series today and we are launching into our month of vision. And next week, we've got our vision offering. Our vision party Sunday is what we're calling it because not only are we taking up an offering, but we're gonna have a party because the Bible says that when the people willingly give to God, they rejoiced. So in other words, we're gonna have a party next week. If you're allergic to flying footballs in the sky, maybe take a seat at the back next week. We don't know. We're not saying we're bringing the footballs back out, but we might, Pastor Josh. It depends how crazy Wednesday gets in our meetings and the confetti cannons and more. So make sure you're here next week. If you can't join us, be praying for us. And also uh, on your way out today, remember to take on your seats our pledge card. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But how you can partner with us next weekend, whether you're here or not in what God is doing in our church. The message today is called trust. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say trust. Trust, 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 trust. I wonder have you had a time in your life where your trust has been wavering. You know where the trust has been a little bit shaky, a little bit uncertain, you've been you know, wavering on whether or not you think that person, that thing is really gonna come through. I remember being back in Malawi on a, my first ever missions trip, it was incredible. But the people I'd hooked up with on the other side were a beautiful couple called Trevor and Maggie. Incredible missionaries, spent many years in Malawi. And Trevor said that whenever I had gotten off my third flight in Blantyre and landed, he would meet me at the airport, outside the front of the airport. And I thought to myself, okay, well, it's not very detailed, this instruction, but I'm going to take Trevor's word for it. I'm going to trust that Trevor is going to be where he says he will be at the airport. And I remember getting on my first flight, flying out of Heathrow, landing in Ethiopia, and then I got on a plane from Ethiopia to Lelonge in Malawi, and then a third flight from Lelonge to Blantyre. And as I land, I remember that I intentionally haven't brought my smartphone with me because I wanted to be in the moment, didn't want to be on my phone. But as I landed at the airport, I realized I had no idea where I was. I'd never met Trevor before. I didn't know if Trevor was really who he said he was or this was some elaborate ploy to take me to Africa and for me to never go home, right? The, the thoughts are racing through my head at this point. And I get out of the airport and I'm sitting there on my suitcase in the dirt and people are coming, people are going, people are reuniting with each other. It's beautiful. And I'm sitting there on my suitcase thinking, where is Trevor? 
is Trevor going to show up or am I literally going to sleep here tonight? I knew nobody in Malawi except for Trevor. I had no way of getting home. I was freaking out church. But praise the Lord in the distance in a Land Rover came none other than six foot five Trevor McCrill. Praise the Lord for Trevor that at the right time he came and it felt like he rescued me, he saved me and the missions trip was exactly what it said on the tin. And man, we had an incredible incredible time, doing great things in schools in Malawi, crusades in the middle of nowhere, seeing people come to Jesus. It was awesome, right? It was an incredible journey. But that moment in time, my trust was wavering. I didn't quite know if Trevor was going to show up. You know, when you've been there, you're like, just not quite sure it's going to come through like you think it's going to come through or that that person isn't quite who they say they are, right? Trust issues. Come on, let's be honest in church today. Some of you leave your kids with the babysitter and as you leave the house, you're like, hmm, I'm just not sure. You know, I I trust them, but you never, ever know. Some of you have sent invoices to clients and they say they'll pay within the 30-day terms, but hmm, you're just not quite sure. You know, those trust-wavering moments. And the danger today is this church is if we come to God with our trust wavering and we don't fully trust God, then we'll never step out in a vision offering. We'll never take risks of faith. We'll never move forward in our walk with God because we'll always be in this position unsure of whether God is going to come through or he's not going to come through. We'll ride the emotional roller coaster of our faith from pillar to post. Maybe God will come through tomorrow. Maybe he won't. Maybe God will do that thing I'm holding out for. Maybe he won't. But for us today, the foundation of Christianity is faith and trust in God. And today, I want to take us to a place to suggest three places we can trust God so that we no longer are going from pillar to post in our relationship with Him. And we know today that for some of you out there, the word trust brings up some stuff from your past where you've been let down, where you've struggled to trust people. And I think one of the greatest lies perhaps is that time is the healer. Time's actually not the healer because God's the healer. And today I wanna encourage you that at the end of this service, we're gonna create a moment for God to come in, do a heart surgery today so that you can not only learn to trust him again, but also trust other people. The Bible says God heals, he binds up the brokenhearted. So today we're believing that God is gonna do some heart surgery in this place as we all go on this journey of trusting him today. Does that sound good, church? All right, cool. The first place we need to trust God today is to trust God in our heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, in your heart. The Bible says this in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. The first place we need to learn to trust God is in our heart. Now, the Hebrew word for trust in this section of text is this word called betak, betak. And it's split into three letters. The first part of this word is bet. And it's got this connotation and this picture of a 
tent, of a family, of a home. The second part of the word is the letter tet, and it describes a baby being wrapped up, smothered with love, tightly wrapped in love. And the third part of the word, chet, is depicted as a fence and a wall. And it gives this concept of protection. So in other words, in the original Hebrew, the word trust comes with this idea of being on the inside, being in the family, being surrounded, being protected and being smothered up in love. So in other words, for us today, church, trusting God has less to do about what it is for us and more to do about what God does for us when we trust Him. Because when you trust God in the Hebrew, God smothers you up with His love. He builds a fence and a wall of protection and He hems you in and brings you into the family. But goes on to say, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, all of your heart. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says this, says, for the eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the whole earth, looking for someone whose heart is fully committed to him because then he'll do what? He'll strengthen. The Bible says this, strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. See, God first is looking for the commitment before God brings the strength. Many of us in our life are saying, God, if only you'll bring the strength first, then I'll do that thing. God, if only you'll create the opportunity, provide the way, then I'll step out in faith. God, if only you'll give me the strength of reassurance in my heart, then I'll step out of the boat and walk on the water. But God today in the Bible is first looking for the commitment and then God will strengthen. So today, church, if you can trust God, God will strengthen you. If you can learn to trust God with your life and commit to Him, then God will bring the strength that you need for what He has called you to do. Today, church, align your heart with the Father's heart. Trust Him and watch God bring strength to you. Sounds easy, but it's hard work, isn't it? But if we can today choose to trust God, have that mustard seed of faith, watch what God will do in strengthening you and I. See, this is where trust and faith are different. Faith in Ephesians 2 is the gift from God. In other words, God imparts faith, the faith of revelation to believe in God. And then trust is the practical application of that faith. Today, church, choose to align your faith in your heart and choose to trust God today. The second place we can all learn to trust God again is to trust God in our mind, in our mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, in your mind. Now we've all had those times, haven't we, where we've talked ourselves out of stuff, right? Where you've talked yourself out of that thing that you were gonna do. I remember thinking about my trip when I was writing this this week to Canada. And I love talking about Canada. It's awesome. Lysandre's like, we need to go on holiday to somewhere else other than Canada. I'm like, no love. Canada is huge. We could spend the rest. And she's like, no, 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 no. Bahamas, Hawaii. I'm like, right, okay. If we must, you know, Jesus, if we must. <laughs> and so when I'm thinking about Canada, I think about this time when there was this massive cliff in the middle of a lake and my auntie and uncle thought it would be the best idea to take their nephews to climb up to this cliff and jump off the cliff, right? 
Little did they know I was scared of heights, right? I did not want to go up this cliff, never mind on top of it and off the cliff. But, you know, I've got my little brother with me and older brothers, you know, you can't let your younger brother get one up on you, right? Somebody's responding in the back. They know exactly what I'm talking about this morning. And as we climb up the cliff, I'm standing there and I start to get the jitters, you know, the knees start shaking as these little kids who were about 10 years old are jumping off this cliff that honestly felt like it was 200 foot off in the sky. And I'm watching them just jump off and as they jump off, they're turning around and smiling at me as they're going off. I'm like, you're crazy. You're not, these Canadian kids are crazy. So we're up there, they're all jumping off and all these boats had gathered and they're watching people jump off. And here's me standing at the edge of the cliff thinking to myself, okay, I'll be fine if I jump off. I'll just be fine. I'll do it, I'll do it. But you know where you go to do it and then you stop last second, you do the hokey cokey as you're on the edge. That was me, hokey cokey and pulled myself back in. My auntie came up, she jumped off, showed me it was fine. But I started to tell myself all this stuff like, well, what if I slip? What if I jump in and I forget how to swim? What if I forget how to breathe? What if there are sharks in the lake in Canada, right? All this crazy, irrational stuff that I talked myself out of it. And you've been there in life too, haven't you? Where you've talked yourself out of the stuff. Maybe it's the stuff that God has called you to do. Maybe it's stuff that you felt prompted to do. But we've all had those moments where we've tried to talk ourselves out of it. Now, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, lean not on your mind. Now, what Proverbs is talking about here is when you lean on something, that something takes the weight. Now, your mind today is taking the weight of your worries, the weight of your anxiety, the weight of your bank balance, the weight of your family. Your mind right now is taking the weight of everything in your world and in your life. You're processing it right now. You're analyzing it right now. You're overthinking it right now. Those conversations you've got later, you're playing them over in your head already. Your mind is taking the weight. But the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. God is asking us in our trust with him to lean on him and to let God take the weight of our worries. Let God take the weight of our circumstances. Let God take the weight of what we're going through. And what happens when something takes away, it becomes like a crutch. I've heard many people say, oh, but Christianity, Jesus is like a crutch. It it holds me up, it props me up. And I wanna say no to that because Jesus for us isn't the crutch that we lean on. Jesus is the air that I breathe. Jesus is the blood in my veins. Jesus is the bones that make my body. Jesus is, he's not just a prop that holds me up. Jesus is in me and he's infusing out through my life. And God is trying to get us to a place in this verse right here where he takes the weight. Thinking of vision offering next week. We're trying to, overanalyze, we're trying to see into the future and see if I step out here, then maybe God will do that in this place. He'll do that in this place. He'll provide in this way. And God's saying, you need to stop overanalyzing, taking the weight of the future and trust me in the today and watch what I do when you let me take the weight of your worries, the weight of your stuff and watch what he'll do. Trust God in our mind. And the Bible takes it further in Romans 12 too. 
It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Now it says the renewing of your mind. That means that when you made a decision for Jesus, God didn't do some brain surgery on you and went, take out your brain and put in a, a Christian brain, right? Some of you are like, what on earth was that going on? Pastor's got a demon in church. I'm joking, he definitely doesn't. Put in a, he doesn't put in a new brain, a, a brand new spanking Christian brain that thinks exactly like a Christian and follower of Jesus. No, the Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. In other words, it's a daily thing. It's a process. It's a journey. It's not a one and done and sorted. So that's why we have to continually come back to the Bible for our edicts, for our principles, for our guidance, because in doing so, our minds are renewed and when they're renewed in God, they're transformed. And when we've got a transformed mind, that's how we can trust God. Because the world says, you work it out on your own terms. Whatever works best for you, I'll just work it out. And God says, let me work it out. Just trust me. Today, church, trust God with the weight of your mind. All right, and the last place we need to learn to trust God again is to trust God in our ways. Turn to your neighbor and say, in your ways. In your ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Did you catch the last part of that verse? And he will make your path straight. And he will make your path straight. In other words, until we do those things, our path's not straight. In other words, until we learn to trust God, our path is skew. Until we learn to trust God, we're heading on a detour of our lives. But the Bible says if we'll trust God in our heart, point to my head for the heart there, trust God in our heart, trust God in our mind, and trust God in our ways, he'll make our paths straight. What does it look like to trust God in your ways today? It's taking the stuff that's in your head and the stuff that's in your heart and putting it into action, making it real in your world. It's easy to, to think the right stuff, isn't it? It's easy to feel the right stuff, but it's a whole nother ball game, isn't it? Putting the right things in practice. When it really comes to the moment, it takes everything to put the right things into practice. Proverbs says, I have to acknowledge God Acknowledge God, acknowledge God. What does that mean? Well, the Bible says in Matthew that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, acknowledging us before God. Actually says this, whoever acknowledges me, Jesus speaking before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. It's a cool thought, isn't it? That right now Jesus is at the right hand of God, right hand of the Father seated and he's acknowledging you. He's seated with God right now. He's acknowledging you. Miles, he's seated beside God, acknowledging you. Janet, he's seated beside God, acknowledging you. Rue, he's seated at, at the side of God, acknowledging you. But he asks us this one thing. If we'll acknowledge him before others, then he'll acknowledge us before the Father. So God's asking us in our trust for him and 
in this crazy Christian journey of making our path straight, of walking this walk with Him, He's asking us to acknowledge Him before others. Now, it's all good to trust God with our mind, with our heart, but Jesus asked us to take, us, take it this step further. In all our ways, acknowledge Him. Well, that means when it would be easy to, to take a shortcut, God says, do the right thing. Acknowledge me. When it's easier to not reconcile with loved ones, friends, God says, acknowledge me. When it's easier to do the X, Y, and Z, God says, hey, might be harder, but do the right thing and I'll make your path straight. Some of us have been trying many different things to try and line up our path, to try and get the right things in order, trying to you know, do the right things in, the, in our eyes, in our own understanding, trying to count every pound, make it count, trying to invest in the right places, trying to manage our time the best, trying to eat the right things. And, and it feels like sometimes, even though we do all the right things in the natural, we still come up short. It's like, it doesn't matter how hard we try to do the right thing, we're still coming up short. It's because God is saying, if you'll trust me, I'll make it straight. Because when we feel like we're coming up short all of the time and we're not acknowledging God and not trusting God, God is letting us go on this detour so we'll come back and find true north. Hey, God today for us is our true north. Today, let's trust Him with our mind, with our heart and in our ways. Let's take the head knowledge that we've got. Let's put it into action. Let's take the feelings of love and faith and grace and strength and truth and all that gooey great stuff that we feel in worship and the goosebumps on the, the hairs, you know, all of that stuff. Let's take that and let's use that to grow in love for God, but let's also put it into practice in how we love each other and how we live for God. Trust God today in your heart. Trust God in your mind and trust God in your ways. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.